Thank you for joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Good. Happy Easter. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, how, yes. You guys go for yeah. egg hunting or anything like that? We did. Um, you know, everybody has their kind of re- religious, uh, you know, practices that they do and their, their traditions and stuff. And for us, our tradition at our house is eating a lot. So That's we, we basically have yeah, family. Yeah, we have family come over and we just eat. <laughs> so it's. Yeah, luckily, um, I tried something new this year. I tried deviled eggs. I've never made deviled eggs before, and I tried them, and they were pretty good. I, I had some good reviews from three random people, and for me, three random people from you know giving good reviews with the amount of people there, it's statistically significant. That's it. So it counts. <laughs> yeah, it counts, right? So yeah, I, I think uh, today we got a really cool topic. So this is one I know, Samir, that you deal with kind of on a daily basis is a great topic that you came up with, you know, five marketing attribution personas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the cool thing is when we talk about personas, we're not talking about just the marketing people. We're talking about anybody who's a stakeholder within the company who has – um, or as a stakeholder of the marketing attribution process or the data or the output or so on. And we're going to discuss these five personas and how you can deal with them as a marketer. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to add to that, and exactly like you're saying, Jeremy, the, the thought process behind this topic for today, which is five marketing attribution personas, which one are you, is the whole idea behind when someone tries to implement a marketing analytics or marketing technology, like an attribution technology in the organization, uh, the the there are different types of personalities that you deal yes. with. Yes. Uh, you know, there are different types of people in the organization that you deal with, and this is the whole idea where what we're trying to say is how do you deal with them? How do you talk to them? What are the things that you mention to them? Uh, what are the important questions that come up? And also, more importantly, what type of people are you working yes. with? And what is the thought process? Where are they coming from? So, so I think it's going to be a useful topic for marketing analytics professional, marketing technology professionals to keep in mind and approach their organizations and work with the stakeholders in a very thoughtful way. So one thing we're going to, our disclaimer here is that we're saying when we say deal with these people, we're not saying in any way or we're not condoning any way to shut these people up. That is not what we're trying to say. What we're trying to say here is how to best work with them because everybody's going to have their own thoughts and ideas and the way of doing business just because of their background or their role or whatever. It's just how to best work with these people so you can come out with a a joint solution that's beneficial for all people. Absolutely. Yeah. So remember, dealing with is not a bad thing. <laughs> we're not trying to not say. Not at all a bad we're thing. We're not trying to say put them into a room and give them a whole bunch of data and walk away and lock the door. <laughs> you know. Okay, so to start, number one, so start again, five marketing attribution personas, which one are you? The first one we're going to talk about is the linear thinker. So, you know, as Samir would describe this, someone who does not put their vote for anything and believes all channels play a similar role. So first, let's talk about what's wrong with this. 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, it, it's just, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Right? So there are different types of people, and the linear thinker is one of the personas of a stakeholder where they're, they're mostly concerned about every channel has some sort of equal vote in the yeah. development of an opportunity or creation of a revenue. Uh, so there, there are, there is someone who can say, okay, every channel from start to finish is equally important, and I don't think we should put one channel above the other uh, in the journey of the visitor. Like, let's say if they come from a paid ad and they went to a, you know, they joined a webinar uh-huh. and then eventually they go to an event and they probably participated in some type of offline marketing activities and then eventually they got to sales where they got converted to an opportunity or closed deal. Uh-huh. For a linear thinker, it becomes a natural fit that every single of these touches are Equal. Exactly. Uh, so that's how they think. Well, he, here's another example too: is a lot of people, you know, depending on what type of thinker you are. If you're a linear thinker, let's say you're going through the whole process throughout their journey, they're touching everything from, you know, display and social and print and and web and all this other stuff. But then there's certain channels that have very low um, return on investment or really low engagement. For example, um, display. You know, the average display ad gets less than a 1% click, right? Not really many, there's not really a lot of people that actually click on on display ads. But then we also are going to look at view throughs. um, We're going to look at click throughs. We're going to look at just mere impressions, but people may naturally give, you know, those a lower weight, but the linear thinker will say, no, 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 this has just as much power. Even if they, if it was somewhere on the page as an impression, and they ended up going to that page anyway, they may want to give it an equal weight. Is that kind of what you're saying, right? Absolutely. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of times you have one of those one pages that's a really long scroll, and let's say you have a display ad that possibly has even a 5%, 5% share of voice, and it's kind of hidden behind something, and, you know, it may be negligible in in their activity, but yet it they say, well, maybe it showed up eight times before they actually did something. There's even some view through, but they're given it equal weight. A lot of times you have to kind of, you know, you have to think twice about those things. So how, how do you work with those people? So I think what would be the best solution if somebody, if you're in a meeting, and, and I think what we could do today is maybe talk about in a situation where how do you respond to these people when you're in a meeting and they start asking that question, like, well, shouldn't every channel have the same weight? What do you, what do you say? Yeah, that's a great point. And that's exactly I would relate to is the example that you get about display. Like, not everyone clicks a display ad. And there is a certain component, which is a view through component from a display ad that could probably inflate uh, the attribution that we're giving to display. Uh, the other part of that is because in a journey of the visitor, there's always going to be multiple touch points. And if you think about like, you know, without worrying about the data and drilling down to the data too much, the thought behind that every single channel and input that goes into the visitor journey are equally important, it kind of makes sense to a certain point. Like, okay, that would make sense because I would say, you know, we're, we're working, we're doing all this hard work on developing our programs. We're doing this hard work in developing our media program. <laughs> Uh, and we're doing all this hard work in developing our sales teams and offline teams to be able to communicate with the customers more effectively. The question that comes to mind is, how do you position which one are better than the other? 
you know, the way I would think about that is if you look at the customer's journey, there are lots of different events that happen. There are macro events and there are micro events. The macro events are the ones that are going to be leading people to a specific action. Yep. So let's say if you have a lead, you know, you get a lead and you're working with someone and the lead goes to your website. Now that's a micro event. They don't take any action and they just go to the website, they access your content and um, they go to the next step. But let's say if that same lead now participates in a program, you know, maybe a webinar. And after watching the webinar, uh, they immediately wanted to talk to your salesperson. So that becomes an extremely important event. Um, So when you compare the website visit where they essentially didn't do anything and they just went to the website and downloaded the content, but now they have decided to participate in a more advanced level of conversation to me from an attribution standpoint that's an important yeah. uh, important program i would generally score that program much higher than a website visit completely agree completely agree yeah so i think what you have to do is is basically what you're saying is look at it holistically look at the entire story rather than segments within the story yeah it, absolutely uh, you know looking at the journey of the visitor looking at the holistic view is something that I would talk to the linear thinker and will tell them and I kind of explain to them like, hey, look, you know, show them the data. This is what the journey looks like. And then express your viewpoints why not every single marketing touch point is equal. Yeah, I completely agree. Very cool. So let's go on to the next one. So first one we had is a linear thinker. Um, the second one is what we're going to call the disconnected. So the way it's described is, Someone, you know, who really doesn't care about attribution and just focuses on their programs. So I, ideally, what type of person within the business is it? Would you say this, this is just a, a program owner? And, and when we define programs, it's just somebody that owns one of their, like a marketing channel or somebody that owns like a campaign, series of campaigns, or who is this person first? Generally, I've seen uh, the personality type where people are not worried about the attribution too much is uh, there is different set of stakeholders. One could be, like you said, the program owner because they're essentially focused only on their programs or maybe the only on their specific type of activities. The other side I've also seen is traditional marketers, you know, marketers who may not necessarily be junior program managers, but also some very senior level people, but they have come from a traditional background. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have always looked at marketing as, you know, maybe a whole bunch of uh, offline events and you may, may be doing some type of billboard advertising, yep. uh, maybe doing all sorts of activities uh, that, you know, typically a traditional marketer does. And when they come into the modern marketing world, now when they're dealing with a whole bunch of digital channels that interact with the offline channels and that interacts with a whole bunch of salespeople and partner channels, it makes it more complex. Uh, so these types of personalities, they have a hard time rationalizing that, hey, all these other input may have uh, a valid kind of a valid milestone in customer's journey. Um, so they have really hard time figuring that piece out. Even though you present them the data, they're going to be very, very sort of rigid in their approach so, and say, hey, you know, I, I really think this program works because it I'm running. So, okay, so I, I guess for them, is it more along the lines of they are not trusting the data because it's not their data? Or is it or really it's like a CYA where they're only looking out for themselves? I mean, because well, I mean, you got to think about it. 
how do you actually talk to these people? I mean, the hard part is how do you have a conversation with these people without really, one, getting upset if you easily get upset, or two, thinking, how do I can, how do I have these people actually participate in the conversation when all they care about is bringing the conversation back to themselves? That's a great point. I think the two things that you mentioned is it's not so much that they don't trust the data. Uh, it's more so that they are primarily focused on the programs that they understand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so for them, it's kind of a mindset shift. You know, they're in a mindset of like, Hey, I've been traditionally, uh, kind of wired in my brain to know that because I go to an event, because I put this billboard ad or because I do some kind of offline activities, I can see that with my own eyes and I can track that very easily compared to this more complex visitor's journey that we see today. Uh-huh. So for them, the process is slow and steady education, yeah. uh, kind of feeding them the information, getting them access to the platform, allowing them to ask the questions. But at the, but at the same time, you want to put some type of milestones. Like you want to say, okay, you know, for the next couple of months, we're going to spend time understanding the data, looking at the data, yep. answering your specific questions. But at the end of the third month, you know, this is where we're going to launch the new multi-channel attribution platform. Uh, you know, we want you to be ready by then. And if you have any major questions, any major hurdles mm-hmm. that we want to overcome, let's overcome together and let's help you solve those problems. I, yeah. So so we need to put a deadline in, in terms of when we want to close the loop. I actually had the same issue. Um, I was running a digital and uh, marketing team back in an old company. And it was, it was exactly the same thing. Before I came in, there were marketers that individually ran their own channels. They had been running these channels for a few years before I arrived. Um, and then coming in as the leader of the team, you know, they were really skeptical. Um, I would say they were, uh, that buyer persona being disconnected or not buyer persona, that, that marketing attribution persona being disconnected. And they worried about their program. So say, for instance, the person that ran print, uh, traditional print or the person that ran email. Granted, she was running um, email across 13 different brands, over 200 million emails a year, which is a huge part of, you know, uh, of the bottom line to the company, the success of the company and the success of of just really the whole journey of the marketer or of, of the customer. But for them, they did not really see about uh, the effects of their channel within the attribution and how their program affected others and they just wanted to focus on theirs so what i did is i realized that i I asked a lot of questions and not in a way where they saw that i was probing but i asked a lot of questions to really figure out their understanding of the correlated channels the channels that 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 touched their channel before their channel within the journey and after their channel within the journey to see what they knew about those channels and I discovered that they did not have a strong sense or understanding of how those channels worked and they didn't really know what it meant to be successful or not. So I think it comes back to your point of saying maybe they just are unaware of marketing channels and don't have a lot of experience with those. So a lot of times it's easy to be disconnected and fearful when you don't understand something, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it does. It, I think it's a knowledge gap. Yes. So what you as a marketing technology, a marketing attribution professional have to work with them and kind of explain them and educate them in that. So I, this is what I did. Every two weeks on a Friday, 
um, what I did is I, I had the team, I catered lunch for the team and from 11 to one for two hours, we did a training session and every two weeks I picked a different topic and we trained on best practices and, um, knowledge base, um, uh, you know, looking at data. We looked at, uh, lingo, everything having it in, in examples in the marketplace of how those channels worked and we educated each other. So there's a lot of people who didn't know anything about, um, you know, about SEO or how PPC worked, you know, how Google AdWords worked. So we went through and, and walked through those things. Or we talked about, you know, um, uh, you know, anything from, you know, what is customer lifetime value to, you know, what are the effects of social media and how it has an indirect effect on the bottom line and so on. So we did this for about four months consistently, eight different topics over those four months. And you would be amazed at the amount of progress and the way the conversation changed within our channels. Absolutely amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a very good example for our listeners because that just takes, you know, kind of rubber hitting the road and showing you exactly how this needs to be done. So yeah, and it wasn't always me. It was somebody who, who stood up and said, I want to teach everybody else about my channel. So I think that's a great way to do it. That is fantastic. Cool. So let's go to number three. So the first one was linear thinker. Second is disconnected. The third one, we call it the flaw star. So someone who always, <laughs> I like this, right? Someone who always finds problems with the attribution logic without providing the solution. So these are, I'm sure I don't even have to describe who these people are. Everybody's, it's like they're the devil's advocate. Come across yeah. them. Everybody's come across yeah. them. How do you, how do you talk to these people? So this is the one that you were earlier mentioning, the ones that have problems with the data itself, yeah. the data and the logic. So first off, uh, they personally feel that whenever um, a multi-channel or mass-scale attribution platform is implemented, the logic always is going to have an issue. It's not going to be 100% perfect. And the other types of the people that are going to feel like the data that is feeding or that is coming out of the attribution is not going to be 100% accurate, which I'm going to tell you know in the front of everyone is like, hey, you're absolutely right. The attribution is not meant to be 100% accurate. The data that's coming out of the, uh, out of the attribution is not meant to be 100% accurate. But the philosophy in analytics, and you go talk to any of the people who are involved themselves in analytics, you know, any of the people who have written books about it, they're always going to say, as long as you have an, a confidence interval where you feel really good about the data, hmm. that you can take an action and you have a solid confident index. And there are lots of different statistical way to measure the confidence index of the data but as long as you have a confidence index you should move forward with it uh, there's no need for kind of splitting hair and doing analysis and paralysis uh, to the point that we are not taking action on the data so that's been my philosophy is to trust on the confidence index talk to these people and say hey i did the confidence in this analysis and here's how confident we are in the data and the attribution logic now let's move forward and if there are any other things that are in your mind and let's kind of resolve that but we feel really good about the data and the well, let's take a step back real fast can you uh, define what a confidence index is because we want to make sure that everybody understands when you when you got something good to say they understand exactly what you're talking about yeah the confidence index, as i said there are multiple ways to measure it but in simply put it's a statistical measure to tell you whether or not your attribution logic and the data 
is good enough for you to okay. use. So let's a very simple example. Let's say people do A/B testing. Mm-hmm. You know, they are testing a version A of the web page versus a version B of the web page. And let's say if you're using a solution like an Optimizely or Google uh, you know, Google uh, experiments, mm-hmm. and w- what it, these platforms are automatically built to tell you which one of those A versus B are performing better based on the results you're needing. So if your result is come someone coming to your website and filling out a contact form or maybe someone clicking a particular link, and then if you look at the solution like Optimizely will tell you with a very high degree of confidence the option A is winner because it outperformed option B by X percentage. Uh, and, and, and you define whatever the person, like maybe 30% is better for you or maybe 40% is better for you. So all the underlying logic for determining the confidence index is for you. So confidence index is a very simple measure to understand which one is performing better and how confident you are in that data. Sounds, sounds pretty easy to understand. Okay. So, okay. So let's say you're in a conversation with somebody and let's go back to kind of what we've been going over for each one. Um, you're in, you're in a meeting. And there's obviously uh, all the stakeholders are in there, and sometimes within the personality of, of this person, the flaw star, they will want to say something to try to either prove to leadership or prove to other people in the room that they're concerned because they just want to call things out. There are people that do it all the time. Um, don't be frustrated, right? There are people that do this all the time. What is something you say when somebody says, let's say, a role play here? If I were to say, if you were to come up with some data and I would say, yes, Samir, but I don't really understand this. What you're trying to say is that this data, you know, is, is part of the attribution logic. And what you're trying to do is, is tell me that, that your data is really showing that it truly affected the the purchase and the average order value went up, but yet you're telling me that my channel is causing problems here because our conversion rates are lower. I, I just don't believe you. Yeah, and I think the first off, uh, when I'm talking to a person who is already skeptical about the attribution logic and data, I would definitely not uh, point them the problems about their channel. <laughs> uh, the way yeah. I would <laughs> right. that would be first. Thing I'm sorry, but you're would, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, generally speaking, I would probably set up a one-on-one time and tell table that question and say, hey, you know, why don't we set up a one-on-one time and discuss this in more detail? And when I get an opportunity, a chance to talk to them, uh, I will walk them through the uh, sort of the attribution logic, the way we're set, the way attribution is set up, the type of models that we're using for attribution, uh, the logic behind and the reasoning behind the model. And get them to add their input because I want them to feel the ownership uh, of the process of attribution. I want them to be able to say, hey, I was one of the person that actually helped in implementing the multi-channel attribution platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I'm going to get them to be participating in the team and providing the input and becoming more aware of the situation. So specifically like you know, their, their data questions and their logical questions will kind of take a backseat because now they're going to know like, okay, this is how it works. This is how the data is coming through. And if there are any major problems, like some organizations have a major data issues where their data itself is not correct. So when that data is not correct, and if you feed that data into an attribution platform, obviously you're not going to get correct results. So those are a very uh, kind of outliers, I would say. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, if your data is good and usable, and if you're using 
a good sound logic, you're taking stakeholders input and building your attribution platform, then you're going to be in a much better position getting the Flawstar to sort of participate in conversation with you and agree with good you. Good point. Uh, to move forward. Good point. Cool. So we got three of them, right? We got the linear thinker, the disconnected, the flaw star. Let's talk about number four. Number four is a common channel. I would, I would say out of anything, maybe it would be number three is the person just doesn't really agree as we just talked about maybe because they, or the disconnect just because they're unfamiliar with the other channels and how they work. So it's easy to just say that there's something wrong. But the fourth one I think is more common and it comes from traditional marketers, marketers who really haven't progressed in the idea of attribution. It's called the point blanker. So they only believe attribution like first touch or last touch or middle touch is really the key to success. And these are people who put all their eggs in one basket by saying, well, listen, I don't care what you think with regards to conversion or attribution. They went to Google first. And what they say, what, 83% of people go to Google first to search. It was their first click on that paid ad. That should give all the credit. What do you think about that? Yeah, this is a, exactly like you framed it. These are the people who have been using traditional attribution platforms, you know, like a Google Analytics or an Adobe Analytics or Core Metrics, where most of these platforms, even prior to the you know, these uh, channels or these platforms, uh, embedding the multi-channel attribution, you know, to their platform. They have been developed on the scale of either first touch, last touch. You know, generally speaking, you're going to say Google will have some type of first touch attribution. Uh, Adobe Analytics will have first touch attribution. Some of these platforms will have a native attribution that will give you the data. So people who have been using these platforms diligently and they have kind of been sort of born and bought up in this platform, uh, they will feel the need for only having a point solution for attribution. But as the marketing channels, as the marketing uh, community, and as a user base, they become mature, they're not going to rely on one aspect or one asset. They're not just going to rely on Google search. They're not just going to rely on an offline activity. They're not just going to rely on a sales conversation. They're going to rely on multiple things to make a buying decision. And this is more important in a B2B technology world or B2B space in general when people are buying a larger solution to their problem that involves multiple stakeholders, that involve a higher average order value, and that is a larger contract for those specific purchases. And even for a simple purchase, people will use their cell phone. They're going to use their computers. They're going to look at the review sites. They're going to cross-validate mm-hmm. against... Uh, other e-commerce provider. So there's a multiple points in the journey of the visitor where the old school method, I will still call them as old school, even though that's a modern digital attribution, is no longer valid because you need a multi-channel, a multi-point attribution platform and a solution to answer the questions. Yeah, I completely agree. And and I was just sitting there thinking, I was in a conversation, I would say maybe even eight months ago, as recently as eight months ago, with somebody about this. And they talked to me about the idea of first touch and last touch and saying, well, you know, it's, we got to put all of our money into Google. You know, how do you do your marketing mix modeling if, if you don't have enough money in Google? Because usually Google's the first, um, they talked about the sales cycle and the awareness stage where they go to Google and they search first. And when they want to come back and do their final price comparison, they go to Google to do price comparison and so on. So first click, last click. 
So what I do, I typically do is walk them through a buyer's journey and look at all the different places. And within that buyer's journey, you know, there's, there's so many different interactions with, with the brand on so many different types of content in so many different ways that if those weren't there, you know, yes, you may still get the end result. They still may purchase at the end looking at those, but if they didn't go through those channels and do those things, your result's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, at some point of time, even I was like that. I was personally, because I was using uh, these traditional analytics platform and they were giving me a one-point solution, I was thinking in that way as well. I was a point blanker because I was thinking, okay, first touch because, you know, I'm running this media program and my team is doing a great job and we drove a whole bunch of opportunities from it. So I, we should give credit to the media program because they're the first yep. touch. But this has yep. been like, you know, a long time, probably years and years ago. Uh, now we have the luxury. We have the ability, even in Google Analytics, you have a multi-channel attribution embedded into the platform. Uh, although it's not that as sophisticated as I would want it to be. But you still have a multi-point solution. In Adobe Analytics, you have a multi-point solution. The solution that I per- personally prefer is called Visible, which is mm-hmm. a true multi-channel, um, multi-attribution platform, which I would definitely highly recommend to our listeners. If you're uh, reviewing, if you're listening to our uh, podcast, you should go check Visible out with a B, B-I-Z-I-B-L-E. Uh, so that's what I would prefer is having a robust platform that is uh, that allows you to do a multi-channel at attribution and multi-channel analytics. Back in 2011, Samir, you and I actually were trying to prove somebody wrong. When you and I were doing, um, we were using core metrics, and we were trying to show the value of social media. You remember this one? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, we went back to our leadership and we said, hey, we need to invest money in social media. And the first thing they said, well, you guys are already investing 60% of the total marketing budget into paid search with Google. Why would you want to uh, invest in social media? I don't even really see uh, h- how do you expect for me to think that somebody likes one of your Facebook posts and then they come and buy from you. So uh, you remember the story, right? So we went to core metrics and we looked at two different channels or we looked at, we looked at two different um, journeys. We did one journey that had no social media in there. And all we did was look at the first click and the last click, which is typically Google and something else. And then we showed um, social media within those journeys and talked about how if you look at the full attribution uh, of all the different channels and how social media is a part of that and how social media helps to drive an increased um, value at the end, you know, you'll be able to see that you can't just look at the first and the last click. You have to look at everything in between. And what we were able to find out is that at the end of the day, you know, with looking at multiple channels, the fact that other people go to different channels and social media was a big part of that, it had a higher average order value at the end of the day. Their first to second visit and their second to third visit was faster and they spent more time on the website. Remember that one? Yeah, absolutely remember. And that's exactly a great example of how a single point solution is no longer viable for uh, attribution analysis or even marketing performance analysis. Yeah, so we actually took that presentation with a bunch of graphs in the room, and they said, well, <laughs> okay, I guess you guys proved your point. So <laughs> Yeah, we in fact got funded to build the entire social media marketing team, so that, yeah. that was a great example. That was fantastic. Okay, so let's go to the fifth one. So we talked about the linear thinker, the disconnected, the flaw star, the point blinker, 
and ding, 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 number five, this is what we all aspire to be. We call it the progressor. So this is someone who likes to take risks, tests various models, and pushes the organization to modern attribution thinking and practice. So, Samir, in your mind, tell me about yourself, right? No, <laughs> don't, don't t- tell me. Tell me about who this person is. So this is a person that is uh, exactly as you framed, Jeremy. This is someone yeah. who understands the nuances of modern marketing. And this is the person who is keenly interested in marketing performance management, marketing budget management, uh, who's thinking in a much more broader way that it's not just marketing, but there is also sales input. There is a partner input. That's coming in to build uh, what we call as the buyer's journey. Uh, the buyer is going to interact with multi-departmental uh, organization, multiple stakeholders, multiple people, multiple assets. So for a buyer who is already thinking much more broadly, the marketer needs to think broadly as well. The mm-hmm. marketer needs to apply discipline of better marketing performance management and attribution management to their work. And the progressor is a person who exactly, like you said, Jeremy, we all aspire to be. We want to be this person because this is a person that is pushing the organization in, in, in preventing them from limiting beliefs, preventing them from thinking in a point solution, uh, going past the hurdle of data and challenges and focusing on the outcomes, uh, using advanced uh, statistical methodologies, confidence index to drive past the data conversations. And this is exactly what uh, we have listed as the number five is a much more advanced version of a marketing attribution stakeholder persona that can move the organization in the right direction. Okay, so I got a, I got a tough question for you. So let's do two different scenarios. First scenario is you are the progressor, but you've been at the company a long time and you went to this great conference or you started listening to this amazing podcast called Analytics Today and you got to know <laughs> these two guys named Samir and Jeremy and your your mind was blown and you're like, oh my gosh, this is how I should be. I'm the progressor. I should start taking more risks. I should start doing some you know, testing models and, and I really want to push more organization and I really think that modern attribution is the way to go. How do I go back to my company and how do I get them to think the same way I do now? That's that's a very good question and it definitely makes me think a lot about the approach that someone should take. So first off, a person who is aspiring to become the progressor, they need to understand where they are currently. Uh, Go look at the four attribution personas that we mentioned you know are you uh-huh. a linear thinker are you the one that is disconnected are you the philosopher? And th- but this is somebody that already has been working let's say you've been there for two years already and you already have a voice within the company how do you start changing people's mind if you've been thinking another way before right so i think the first thing i would say as, as i was going to is first you change your own thinking because okay. at becoming a progressor is a process it's a journey uh, you have to educate yourself. You have to go spend time with someone who is already doing this. You know, go look at LinkedIn and find someone who is heading the marketing analytics departments or marketing uh, operations departments and have a chat with them, have a conversation with them. Uh, the second option is to go listen to some of the podcasts, like one of our podcasts or others' podcasts who are really doing some, you know, deep dive work on attribution and analytics. Uh, 
uh, read books about it. Uh, go talk to vendors. There are some really good vendors in the market. They're offering multi-channel attribution platform. Go look at their content. You know, download white papers, attend webinar. So the first part of the process is to educate yourself. And then once you start educating yourself and you understand the reasoning behind the progressive persona, then you start having these conversations internally with your boss, with your direct reports, uh, with your peer groups, and talking to them about, hey, you know, we're doing this, and we're doing this in a way that is not going to be beneficial to the organization in the long run. Uh, it is not a scalable solution. We need to start thinking about having a scalable attribution platform that allows us to measure the buyer's journey. And I've done some homework, you know, I've done some research. Here's the stuff that I've come up with. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's have a conversation. And I'm going to walk you guys through the process. And if you want help of partners or vendors, like kind of bring them on for a quick conversation with these stakeholders. And you develop that mindset. And once you develop the mindset and you show some data, show some backing, like, hey, if we implement a multi-channel attribution platform, then you're going to get X, Y, Z. And you're going to see the certain types of business results that we're not seeing right now. We're going to improve our marketing performance. Then you get on board to purchasing a technology or a solution that can help you get there. Okay, I love it. Now let's do a different one. Um, it's very similar but different. Let's say you just got hired into a new job. You're getting ready to start a new job today, Monday. And you're walking in and every single person in the company is one of the first four, right? A linear thinker, disconnected, flaw star, point blinker. You are the progressor in the room. In that first meeting, how do you how do you start to bring this up? Do you wait for a meeting? Do you go individually and talk to them um, in their offices? How do you get people to think the way you do? This is a tough one. A lot of people starting new jobs and they see that everybody's very old school. How do you get in there? How do you change? How do you change things? Yeah, I think one of the things that especially if you're starting a new job, uh, my personal opinion is to not to minimize the amount of time you say this is how I did in my past life or this is how I did in my previous company. Because that is one thing that annoys a lot of people. Uh, and I've seen that consistently. So the way you frame that is, hey, I know we're doing things in a certain way. What if we try to do it in a different way? You know, frame the conversation as if you're trying to make them participate uh, in the uh, analytics maturity process. Instead of just keep bringing like, hey, you're the smartest person in the room and then you did it differently previously and this yeah. is how it needs to be done. So tell them like, hey, this is what I think is if we try it would be beneficial and then you back your conversation with data. You say, the reason why I say we should try it because this is what my observation have been and I could be completely wrong. I'm, I'm a brand new person here, but you know, as I'm learning, I have, you know, some suggestions and I think we should look at it differently. What do you guys think? With an open-ended question, uh, automatically you're going to have uh, people have their guards drawn up. And with these types of question, you're going to pierce through that and you're going to have a very healthy conversation instead of uh, worrying about it in the conversation where like, no, 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 we don't, we do things differently. Our organization is larger, smaller, X, Y, Z. I like it. I like it. I, I, I have no comments. I think I would do exactly the same. And it, it is annoying. There's a lot of people who the first thing you just say, well, at this place, we used to do this. And it's like, well, dude, you don't work there anymore. You work here. So um, you're going to hear a lot of we've always done it this way. It's just something you have to deal with and something you have to learn how to 
work with. But I, I think today has been absolutely cool, fantastic. These are great topics. A lot of times people, you know, they're so focused on trying to change and make a difference and 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 try to read about best practices and so but yet they neglect the idea that it takes a whole team, it takes a whole company sometimes or division in order to make change and you yourself cannot make change. You have to work with different types of people and being able to recognize who these people are and how they think and how to communicate with them is a lot of times your number one key to success. And I would say one small thing, and it's just kind of a pitch. Uh, so I am presenting at the MarTech conference on April 25th uh, on the topic of the nuts and bolts of implementing organizational-wide attribution using marketing mm-hmm. technology. So if anyone wants to learn and deep dive into how to implement an organizational-wide attribution or attribution platform, I look forward to having you at the MarTech conference. Well, I'm actually speaking at a conference next week, but not as cool as yours. So I'll say that. But um, I, I'm actually, <laughs> I am actually going to the Merit Direct 18 2018 conference of the MDX 18. Um, it's actually in Austin at the Four Seasons, which I'm pretty excited about. I get to speak to a room full of marketers on uh, three critical capabilities to support the customer journey and personalization. Fantastic! So I'm very it's excited a very about that. Related topic, absolutely. Yes. Everyone who's listening, you know, you happen to be in Austin. Apparently, I'm going to be in Austin, Jeremy, so let's let's catch up. This is exciting. Yeah, Samir and I are really cool, and plus we like to eat, so always uh, feel free to invite <laughs> us to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again, guys. This has been fa- fantastic. Also, please keep up the communication. We love reviews. We love feedback. We love requests. If you do have a company you want us to interview, go for it. We've had some great feedback on that. And as always, um, without you guys and our listeners, we wouldn't be doing this. So thank you again. Thank cool. you. And uh, we'll see you guys in the air. Have a good day.